0: the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast.
1: And welcome back. We are on episode sweet 16. It's been an interesting week to say the least. A little bit of a whirlwind going on here. But let's start off the night. We've got Bill and James and Mike and and Josh for a little bit joining us tonight. How's it going, Josh?
2: It's going better. Um, today's the first day in well over a week that I didn't have to take any kind of drugs to keep me popping. So that's a plus.
1: That is. Mike? Mike, how's your week been?
3: My week's been my week's been good. Um, I got elected. Was it last week or this week? I got elected. I got elected as office steward. Uh, so there's that. And, uh, Congrats you this. condolences. Um, so yeah, we'll just see how that goes. Uh, I was telling you just before we started that uh, I have my first my certification next week. So we'll we'll see how that goes, and I've already had people starting to line up and ask me questions, and it's like, and that's carriers and supervisors saying, uh, "Well, you're the union guy now." It's like, well, not quite yet, but yeah, I know James.
1: So, <laughs> James, how's it been going? It's been
0: a lot of fun fielding questions, answering questions over the 4241As and 4241Ms, and helping carriers learn what they can do to up their uh, their numbers accurately and not try to fake it to where they could actually get in uh, trouble, where they could actually be fired for falsifying their scans. So I took the time out of uh, the end of my day off the clock on steward time to be able to sit down and actually talk with each and every carrier that wanted the information. And I had over half my carriers already and I figure I'll keep doing that until everybody's satisfied that they don't want to talk to me about it anymore.
1: Yeah. There is definitely so been... no faking it till you make it in this game here. Bill, how, how was yes, how your, your week, dear? Um, well, we, we got a new PTF
4: from outside the office. Um, he's working out well from, you know, yesterday, and he actually did Amazon today. We um, we have to redo the matrix, and the supervisor said, well, how do you do that? And I just walked away from her. Um, that was the nicest thing I could do.
1: <laughs>
4: and I, I'm a little worried about, you know, some of the things I'm seeing on, on the Facebook groups in regards to uh, actually uh, cheating the system. And I want to warn people not to do some of these things because when the scans come back and they check them, you're going to be in deep doo-doo. And I'm not yeah. sure I, I, you know, I really want to even discuss what they were, but um, they, they were uh, scans that aren't in the REC system.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, we're going to touch on some of that here tonight, folks. Um, as I was mentioned before, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind of a week. Um, I don't think any of us was expecting last week's episode to do what it did. Um, I thank you, every single one of you who have listened, who have subscribed, who have shared, joined the group... Wow, I'm I'm floored this week. It really was a bit overwhelming on top of my busy week of having to run a route and a half or two routes a day on top of the sinus thing I've got going on. So if I'm a little nasally, that's why. I just, wow, I am, thank you. That's all I can really say right now is thank you. Yeah, was and
2: a, it, a, it, it, it was humbling. It was every time I turned around this week, there was a new message or question, which is great, and we apologize for any delays in getting into responding to you. It's just, we didn't double or triple or quadruple. I think we went from...
1: We went viral. What,
2: like 80 <laughs> We went from, like, 80 listens on average per episode to, like, into the thousands. Yeah. So, thank you, everyone. Um, We we, collectively will
1: get to your questions. You're jumbling up there, Josh. I said
2: we will definitely get to all of your questions or concerns. Just be patient with us. There's just a lot more of you than any of us, I think, ever expected. And we appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I, I can say for a fact that I did not expect the outpouring of the sharing that I've seen all over the rural groups and postal groups, all over Facebook and other social media sites. You know, you guys are the reason why we do this. We're here for you guys. We want to get you the best information we possibly can so that you can be informed on what's going on. And to have that outpouring of support tells us that what we're doing is right. You know, unbiased, unfiltered truths that we see on our own out there. And you guys are telling us by this that we're doing the right thing and we really do appreciate
1: that well do you have any input on how this week has been a whirlwind for us
4: um i guess positive uh enforcement reinforcement and good information um trying to lift the carriers up and and give them hope i i guess that's a better message than uh dragging down the uh, national board of the United States Postal Service. Uh, Positivity outweighs negativity. And um, that's proven in in one episode with with this Rex mini mail survey affecting everybody as it did. um, The the people have come out of the woodwork and said, we need to know more. Where can I learn? And, And they have found out where they can go.
1: And we are happy to do this. And just so, uh, you know, everybody knows is we're doing this on our own. We're, yes, um, the majority of us here are local stewards. We are not acting in a steward capacity. We are just one role carrier to another, just going over the information and explaining what we have learned through the course of this. And uh, James has a uh, correction from last week he wants to talk about real quick.
0: Last week, we went over the 4241 A's line-by-line of what was on it. And at the time, we were going over it. I misspoke. And there's a section in the 4241 that says walk. And that section is specifically for your dismount distances. It does not include your parcel delivery. That is actually included in your parcels. So the walk on your 4241As is for your dismount distances only, how far you walk to go to your dismount that you measured with your wheel, and that's the time you got for it. So I just wanted to put that correction out there from last week's episode.
1: Okay. All right. Mike, um, your thoughts on this whirlwind this week?
3: (laughs) Well, it's, it's, you know... I think it's pretty overwhelming. So we're just, you know, like you said, we're just a bunch of carriers sitting around here on a Sunday, after Sunday evening uh, just sharing, sharing the information that we have. I think it goes to show that, you know, in access of uh, um, any, any leadership from above, people will listen to any, well, maybe that's not the right way to say it. Is people are looking for, are looking for information and we're just providing it. and it's like you say, it's not in the capacity of the steward. It's just, hey, this, this is anything that this is information you could find on your own. Um, and we're,
1: just,
3: we're just nerds and just like to look into this stuff and are willing to talk about it. I
1: know, we're just verbalizing it, which I get. I mean, a lot of us listen to things while we're on the route. You know, we listen to podcasts, we listen to music, you know, so I get to where if you're listening to somebody explain something, I sometimes it comes across a lot easier. Um, you understand it a little bit more than trying to read it off a sheet. Or, you know, you know, your, your, your management just hands you the Rex guide and says, here you go. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Oh, you have those six mandatory scans and they leave it at that. And that they call that training. Well, now we're finding out. Yeah, no, there's a little bit more to that. But, uh, and the thing, yeah, and the information has changed numerous times over the last year and a half of all this coming out. And it's just kind of been going with the flow and figuring out what it is. And I know the majority of us, you know, we do go to just about every meeting that we can to conventions, conferences, and whatnot. So, and to get that understanding and some of us, like myself, have absolutely no life, and this is all we do is work and come home and study more about work yes. and talk about more about work and what we can do to make it better and that's why we're here so
0: I wanted to pose a question to you, Kristen, yes, with that statement you just made. you were in a test office, right?
1: uh when I first started, yes, eight and uh a little over eight years ago. Yes. My first office was a test office.
0: So how is, is the rec system slightly different from when you started in that test office?
1: Um, when I, I, you know, think some things have changed. Um, even with the scans, when I, I remember doing a, uh, start reload and an end reload. So when we're out on the route and we have to move our mail around, We did a reload start and a reload end. And I do believe that's where they got some of that, those averages is where they came up with the standard for that to build it in. Honestly, think they should still have that feature, Um, especially for POV routes. Um, We at one time also had to do a start mileage and end mileage, even in the POV cars. When we hit our um, depart to route, we had to do a start mileage and an end mileage um that what that feature only lasted i want to say six to eight weeks it wasn't very long um yeah there has been some changes um i noticed of course it had been i had been at that office for three and a half years and i'd been at my current office for you know two and a half three years when they um started the scans in there. So, yeah, I did notice a difference in some of it. Like I said, there were some scans we didn't have, and we did have. You know, the we did have the deviation one. Um, still, it was for Expresses. Uh, like I said, a few things, postage dues, you know, some of the little stuff was new that we didn't have before.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to put it out there that this thing has been changing ever since the first day it was created. Yeah. Because... Even now, there's been small changes. Even the trainings that we went through, when we went to the trainings for management, they told us that Ubham was counted out of the DTS. And then the second day of the mini mail survey, they told us Ubham wasn't counted. And then the last day of training, they said, "Ubum is counted. Do you remember the numbers of Ubham you had each day? That counted yeah, yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, I do feel bad because most postmasters, out there want our routes to go up the office postmasters want our routes to go up that's a benefit to them that actually gives them more room in their payroll yearly in the office so they can hire more clerks they can hire more staff in the office if you don't have a janitor it could give them enough payroll to actually hire a janitor and things like that post the local postmasters want this to work and want your route to go up Unless, of course, you have a terrible postmaster. I won't name names. I do know one that <laughs> doesn't care what happens to their carriers. Their office is their office, and they're, they're the god of it, and that's it. But when, uh, when it comes down to it, the problem with management training us was it was from the district level on up. Yes. And district still doesn't have the full training. My poor postmaster... Never got all the information she needed from district about this stuff. She got all her information
1: from me. Yeah, that was... and it, Mine got it, a lot of the, most of the information from me as well. Same with my supervisor. Um,
0: and it's frustrating. It's frustrating because we they knew this was happening. They knew this this count was coming and that would be the 52 weeks. And even the carriers that learned the stuff. My office in particular, you know, we had... Two months where we weren't in our office due to uh, unforeseen circumstances, we had to vacate for a while. Um, I won't mention why for uh, security reasons, safety reasons on the podcast. But um, so during those two months were the start of this 52-week period. So our numbers were screwed because of that. And then you have the fact that management was told only to have us the mandatory six scans. Don't worry about anything else. We'll learn that later. You know, and carriers started realizing, oh, crap, we got to start doing this two, three months before the, the mini mail survey. And so now you've got carriers rushing to get these scans in, and you have three months of scans that are being divided amongst 12 months. And that's where a lot of people lost a lot of money is if you did them only for a month, two months, three months, it's still being divided by 12 months. No matter what she did.
1: And that, you know, we had the something similar in our office where carrier retired last summer and she did the six mandatory because, you know, management's riding your butt on getting those six scans in. Can't miss those scans. And that's all she did because she didn't care because she was out the door soon.
0: Yeah, she didn't care about her next carrier.
1: And the only time they got all that route, got all those scans in was when I was running it on her days off. And then when the new art regular took it over, and he lost three hours.
0: Yeah. So. so we're, we're, all, we're all. I, I would hate to say it because no matter what happens, either way, this is going to be a lose lose for carriers. It is. If, but, if they but, put cause... the moratorium on until the next count, the 33% of carriers that went up are gonna lose out on that extra pay that they should, they rightfully deserve. Because they don't have, all, a lot of them don't have all their scans in either, and they went way up. So they're hurting really bad. And then if, if they do allow these scans to go through, then you have 60% of, 66% of the carriers losing money, losing days off, and things like that. Either way, no matter what happens with this moratorium, somebody's gonna lose. And it hurts that way, too. But the question we have to ask ourselves as carriers, as a group, is what is the best option for the craft? I know it's hard when you're looking at your paycheck going on the 33% you're going, wow, I could actually be making this much money instead of this. Where has this been for the last three years? Or you're on the 66% aside going, oh, wow, I'm going to lose so much money on this, you know. But you have to look at the facts of how can we move forward from this? How can we help ourselves get better at this, get in a position where this is a good thing for us? And so today I want, I want to make sure that you know, no matter what happens, we are here with you, no matter what happens.
2: Kristen? Yes. With you were saying the one carrier that lost three hours, because the carrier on the route for him was um, not doing any of the scans.
1: Except for if the that six. that three-hour
2: loss, I'm saying, if that three-hour loss he took was solely due to scanning, it... not loss of volume, it... he'll hopefully get that back next, you know, in the next count. Well, it was and a combination. Year, you know,
1: I mean, I mean, it was a combination with with but,
2: the... And uh, that's why I said if it was solely the scans, not the volume.
1: No, no it was definitely you know, a volume. combination. Not so much the volume, but it had to do, because that, that route itself is not a very high volume route at all. I mean, 93 miles, 478 boxes. His coverage factor was only 68%. Um, what really got him, what really got us on this route is the fact that, you know, being a non-L status route, having the box factor go from two minutes a box to 1.2 minutes a box, that's 95 minutes lost right there. Having, and then the drive speed matrix, or the drive matrix being a longer mile route, Longer deadheads in between boxes is right. also another factor as well. But yeah, right. it's <clears throat> that one was definitely a combination, and it, it, it's really hard because I'm trying to, you know, I'm going through the numbers on his sheets going, yeah, I, you know, I feel bad because I can't say, oh, nope, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, because I'm plugging in the new standards on stuff and I'm going, yeah, that's not wrong. But, uh, I mean, so there's those considerations are to taken too for Wait, some of those routes
2: that lost, and that, and that's what I say. You know, that's what I say. I wasn't saying that it. You know, it because unless you look at the actual numbers mm-hmm. and see the actual data, you don't, you don't know. But what I was saying is, if the loss was scan driven, to at least gain that part back. All right. Correct. Correct. Which will hopefully recoup some of the loss.
1: Yeah, but I have a feeling it's well, not going to just because of the loss of the, the, down, the, the volume. Everything else. Yeah, that's even going on that's now. Right, we should, the whole thing's Yeah. Whole whole problem. Problem. yeah. <laughs> think, about, think about what management
0: was telling us this week. If you stop at every box for three to five seconds, it'll register you stop there and increase your coverage factor. But that's not true. No.
1: Nope.
0: It's not. And it's interest. It's interesting. They say that the, you have to stop for three to five seconds for the scanner to register you stopped, but yet you only get a half a second credit for a stop sign.
2: Yeah. And like where's where's I've the logic actually, in that? <laughs> I've actually heard, as long as you're at a walking pace, it's supposed to cl- it's supposed to count
0: Oh crap! I'll get my radio flyer wagon out and I'll deliver the whole route with my radio flyer.
2: You know what I'm saying though. You know though. It's you know if you pass the box at a walking pace, it's supposed to drop the breadcrumb that you know for that box.
4: No, you, you have have here we go again. Here we here we go again. With supposed to, okay. Now, I went to the rec training with our supervisor. Oh, whoa, 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 hold on. I went to the rec training with my supervisor, and our ADR from central Pennsylvania stood up there and said, if it's in the hamper, it's a parcel. Wrong. Okay. Mm -hmm. All the stuff that they were saying, all the conflicting information we're getting is supposed to be, it's going to be, it will be. It's not true. It's not a narrative we can promote. Okay. You can't say it's supposed to prove it. And this is what we have to demand from the damn Dr. Miracle, who screwed this up over eight years and couldn't get it off the ground, him and the other two engineers. Don't say supposed to. Okay. And you're right. We get less than half a second for a stop sign. So how can we get, you know, be uh, remanded to get three to five seconds at a mailbox? I don't. I don't do three to five seconds. Nope. And then I mean, also, yeah, I yeah, I you do talk. a one bundle system and I hit and run. Yep. And I have a ninety five percent uh coverage factor.
0: You know they they uh, supposedly I I get caught backing up all the time on my scanner, but I'm like I'm not a five foot woman five foot zero woman with very short legs walking back to this thing. I have very long legs. I'm a tall person. I can walk back to my, bo- my boxes and get about eight miles an hour walking just normal pace for myself. It's going to show me backing up, but I'm actually walking. So you're mm-hmm. telling me the scanner's accurate that I'm actually backing up in the truck when I'm actually using my two legs to go back and drop that package in the mailbox that I accidentally missed because it was behind the one end for the next house. Cause I have so many packages. I'm delivering three, four houses in a row. Yeah. yeah These scanners aren't totally accurate. No. I was making comments. I was making comments on Facebook about CBUs and stuff like that. And if you have a group of them together, and you're doing authorized dismounts there, you get an authorized dismount credit for each CBU that's sitting there. You're supposed to. It's supposed to be on your 4241A that you have these specific dismounts, and each CBU should be counted as a dismount, and that you should do your your mail volume whatever you can fit in your hand safely deliver to the box. If you run out of mail and still have more mail for the box, go back to your truck, refill. That's one extra authorized dismount. Then when you're done with that, if you uh, have any parcels that will fit in the mailbox that you couldn't carry with the mail that you're carrying, then you go back and you take them back to the box again. That's another extra authorized dismount. Then when you get to larger parcels with parcel lockers, each parcel locker scan gives you an authorized dismount value as long as they're right there with your cbus if they're separate then that's something completely different and something that the engineers didn't really calculate into this from what i've seen and read they haven't calculated if the uh parcel lockers are 100 feet away or 200 feet away or whatever they didn't calculate that in but but we'll that go over. should
1: also be counted into your dismount distance it's yeah, measured with actually, the wheel as well
0: it could be a miscellaneous activity, actually. Yeah, that too. Because, yeah, it's a miscellaneous activity where, you're timed, where you t- you're timed to walk to that box and back to your truck.
1: All right.
0: Um. But we'll go over that with the scans later on because we're going to go over all the rec scans later, right?
1: I was just going to say, why don't we kind of jump into that now? Unless somebody else has something mm-hmm. else they want to cover? Bill, Josh, Mike? Yeah. No, good. Uh, all right. We're gonna go over the Rex activity scan sheet real quick. Um, I'm gonna cover these. Uh, the first, I'll do the six required ones real quick. Um, we'll kind of trade off a little bit so it's not one voice doing the whole thing. Um, I'm gonna start off with <laughs> this. <laughs> well, obviously, every everybody should know now um, about clocking in. Upon arriving to work, immediately retrieve and log in to the MDD, the scanner. Uh, the clock in selection records the start of the workday for the carrier. We've been getting a lot of issues with people clocking in early, even down to one minute, two minutes early um, on the clock in, where it's coming down from management saying you can't clock in early. Uh, the James did bring this up to... Uh, national um, during our Steward Zoom. And if you are getting reprimanded for clocking in a minute or two early, please notify your ADR and your DRs so they can get a list. Um, and if you can find out where that directive comes from, AKA whether it's coming from your postmaster directly or above them, Uh, Hence, like in my office, an email was sent out by the acting poom, and then our 204B was then the person to have to go around and tell everybody, and I said, I'd like a copy of that, please, and which I got. So, yes, um, I've been seeing things on social media saying, you know, grab your scanner at 8 o'clock, and if you clock in at 2 minutes late, it's fine. They don't watch your clock and end a minute early. Again, you're being reprimanded about it. Please let your ADR and your DRs know. Uh, your start load vehicle um, this is when you're moving your loaded conveyance from the workroom area to begin loading your vehicle. Uh, you can have multiple start load and end loads if there are additional trips to load. I know in some offices you, you know, you get everything ready, pull down and you load all at once. In my office, we don't have the conveyance to do that. We don't have the room to do that. You know, we'll have everything cased up. We'll go through our packages. We'll have a hamper full of big ones. We'll go out and load those. Then we'll come in, we'll sort through some more because usually the clerks aren't done yet. Um, We'll even go and load packages while we're waiting for clerks to finish sorting mail. You know, we'll come back and then, you know, then we'll pull down and do a final load after we pull down. You can have multiple start load and end loads. Let me uh, add on to that there. Uh There's
0: a few caveats in the 99-page manual on the start load and end load portions of this. Um, One of the caveats Uh is Floor-loaded parcels, if the clerks bring them over and drop them at your case, you can actually do a start load before you load them into your conveyance to take them out to your vehicle. Um, same with DPS. If you're not a withdrawal office and the clerks drop the DPS and you take it on the side, you can actually use that in the start load in the load time that you're doing and things like that. Now, some carriers are going out and, quote, unquote, milking the clock using the load truck feature. Now, I've talked with union leaders on this part, and their opinion is load truck is a carrier option under the evaluated time, but not under hourly time. If management tells you to use the load truck feature under hourly time, you have to use the load truck feature. You're paid by the hour. Take this all the time you need. But if you are using it under the load truck feature and your time is more than, I think it was 20 minutes was what I was told that management is getting an alert on it for, they're going to investigate why why it's taking you so long to load your truck. Now, granted, if you have multiple load trucks throughout the day, especially if you do second trips or, you know, do an express and things like that. And it adds up to more than 20 minutes, they're less likely to flag it. But 20 minutes is approximately the time that they maximize the number, the time that you can do to load your truck. But as long as you are loading your vehicle accurately, and efficiently, as efficiently as you can, there's really not much room management can complain about if you take 25 minutes to do so.
1: But Go also ahead, Kristen, on that, on. End, load, load time is also a straight time function. Um, and as the union will say, it's going to take what it's going to take. So if they are harassing you about your load times, then definitely contact your union reps on that. Yeah. okay and load obviously that's what you're gonna hit when you come back in when you're done loading and whether you're done loading for before you leave or you're done loading for that trip of what's already loaded now if you have another conveyance if you have more than one hamper or pumpkin or whatever you use to load your vehicle with and that is ready to go you can't bring the one in and the other one's ready to go to take out you don't have to hit and load and start load again you're still going to keep that clock running until you're absolutely done
0: and also make sure you start load before you step out of your case and end load when you step back into your case everything's from your case so from where you're throwing mail into your case that's where you start load and that's where you end load if you do it when you're outside the building and finish loading your truck you're cutting off your own nose
1: yeah we've got right. we actually um, have little cards um, in my office like that look like little police car police cards that you'd put like on a table that have end load written on them that way carriers they set it on the case that way when they come back from they're done they it's a reminder to themselves to hit end load so what was that,
2: Josh? What were you going to add? I would say in regards to with, you know, with the two you were saying about it takes as long as it takes,
1: mm-hmm.
2: as long as you are voting. Yes. If you remember back with the old count system, they had to put a justification for anything over like 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. two gurneys was a justification. Yep. Like two trips to, from the case to the vehicle
1: all right so that covers our start load and end load um, depart to route is when you are starting the vehicle to depart to delivery unit um, to service the route so you get in that truck your car whatever it is that you use you turn it on you hit depart to depart to route
4: that's for POVs what about the government vehicles
1: government vehicles you're still gonna hit depart to route. Um, I I usually do it after I scan the VMF scan. Sometimes I do it before. Our we thing is is in my office we have VMF scans. The depart to route VMF truck scans inside stickers inside the trucks, both depart and return to unit. So. Either way, I mean, me personally, I usually hit the VMF scan after I hit depart to route because I hit depart to route as I'm walking out the door.
3: Oh,
0: you're doing it wrong then. <laughs> you're supposed to do it when you're when you're sitting in that seat. You have your seatbelt fastened. Everything in your truck is where it needs to be for you to leave that office. And then you you just before you turn that key on that truck, you hit depart to route.
1: But they want our depart route to time to match on the forty-two forty. That's why we hit it before we walk out the door, so we can put that time on the forty-two forty as we're walking out the door.
0: And we get back to the, the, the scanners are not our forty-two forty and are not to be used as our forty-two forty.
3: <sighs> which we. is the
0: same same argument for the clock in that the union's having.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. I just write it down. Um, I carry some scrap paper in my truck and I just write it down when I, uh, what I caught when I do the departure route. And honestly, that is the scan that I, that always trips me up. I'll, I have a two mile deadhead to my first, to my first box and the number of times I've been halfway through it and go, damn, I forgot to do departure route.
1: Only a two mile? Depends on the route. Sometimes I have 10 to 12 miles. <laughs> I know. <coughs> But no. Still, uh, all right, yes. Have this, so know a depart- mileage on this. You're, there, I mean. you're a depart to route. You're hitting just before you turn the key on that vehicle, yes.
4: And for us government vehicles, we also have to hit for mileage too.
1: The VM That's- VMF scan, yes. the scan. Oh, we, we, yeah.
4: We we we're we we do not call it we We have uh oh what the hell, Boma. Yeah. Ours are Boma.
1: Ours is VMF. But yeah, same difference. So, so yes, you have that and you have the, the depart to route. So, depart to route just before you turn the key.
0: Return. The VMF scans, so scans only so they can record the mileage of the truck.
1: And did anybody and notice that that has changed in the scanner? Where before, yeah. when you would scan it, it would ask you if you want to change or accept the beginning mileage and it's not asking that anymore. And at the end, if let's say I ran two routes with the same vehicle, and it would always tell me that I exceeded the amount for the original route that I did all my scans and you know, went back to, to scan the truck back in, it would tell me if I exceeded. it doesn't do any of that anymore.
0: Hmm. Um, exceeded or uh, outside the range? Yeah, uh, I'm not getting that anymore. A, it, it's a three mile range on that and it's tied to the route that's on the scanner.
1: Yeah. But I'm just saying I'm not so, getting those notices anymore.
0: Are you running the, the POV route on the second part and changing no. the route on the scanner? Ugh. I'm running. I'm, Interesting.
1: I'm running the, the LLVs. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, on I all the routes. That. I'm not, I'm no longer getting the, uh, the initial, when you hit uh, depart to route, um, on the depart to route barcode for the government vehicles. And before it would ask you if you want to change or accept the beginning mileage, it's not doing that anymore. It just has, it just has the beginning mileage up there, the vehicle number, and then you just kind of look at it and hit enter. And then once you return to unit and you scan, return to unit barcode for the government vehicle, is no longer prompting me when I run a route and a half or two routes with that government vehicle that I am over the mileage. So just putting that out there, that yep. has been a slight change. All it,
2: right, it, I did notice that, but it didn't click it you know, for the beginning mileage that, that it just says accept or edit. Uh huh. Does it just you know that I have to actually enter now, yeah. Because I was just usually one?
1: yeah,
2: yep. um, but. I only run my route, so I don't have to worry about me being outside of the limits <laughs> for the return, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Being an RCA, I still have to run everything, so. All right. Return to DU. You must select the return to DU after returning to the office, stopping the vehicle by turning off the key after all route delivery is completed. This begins the time of timing of end-of-shift duties. So you get in, you park that truck. Now, there are a couple exceptions to this, depending on your office. Your end of shifts duties start to where you are unloading. So in my office, we park it. I pull back into my spot on the dock. I put the car or put the vehicle in park. I turn off the ignition, I hit return to DU, and then I scan the barcode for, for uh, vehicle maintenance. Now, if you have a spot that's not parked like that and you pull up to wherever your location is to pull up to do that, you know, drop off your return mail, any of your parcels you brought back collected, notice left, equipment, unloading, all that stuff, that is when you're going to hit the return to to uh, DU. And then that's you're going to start that actual clock time for that. And then that actual clock time is also going to include parking that vehicle into its assigned spot when you have completed the uh, the unloading or whatever that process is that your office may have if you're not parked on the dock like some offices are. <laughs> So, you then, after you hit your return to DU, you do all of your end to shift duties. That includes all your collected mail, your return mail, your notice left parcels, your any notices for accountables, and your postage dues whether it's money collected, notice left, casing up anything that you couldn't deliver that day due to a black box, weather, um, holds. Anything that you're going to do on your end of shift duties are all done prior to clocking out. You're going to clock out and upon returning the scanner to the cradle and departing the delivery unit for the day after all your work activities are completed. So that is those six required scans. Your clock in, your start load, end load, depart to route, return to DU, and clock out. Out of those six, start load and end load are the ones that you can have multiples of for the day. And then we have Um, the additional ones. Do you uh, want to go over the additional ones, James?
0: Sure. Let me speak on the return to DU for a second here. Sure. The main things you want to focus on here is this is everything. You do your markups in the afternoon. You do your edit book you do your labels everything that is maintenance for your route you do on pm on your return to du um if you have to file a grievance you do it on on your return to du time you want to get paid for doing that because that is actually part of your job duties is to maintain uh to file your union materials for work related activities under your return to DU time. Um, That is a major, major contention with a lot of offices. I've heard uh, PMs telling carriers they have five minutes to get out of the office. Um, No, if you look at the PO 603, it lists all of your return to your uh, end of shift duties uh, in the PO 603. If you cannot do those duties in five minutes, it takes you 15 minutes or it takes you 30 minutes It takes what it takes. And if management keeps trying to push you to five minutes out of there, tell them that you have to finish your PO 603 end of shift duties. And if they push it, tell them you're gonna have to file a grievance on it because that is not right, is not correct. Make sure you are doing all of your end of shift duties before you clock out.
1: Also, with the system, your DPM updates and your LTM updates, Are also supposed to be done on end of shift duties. If that facilitator or management is not available on end of shift duties to do those updates with you once a month, they have to pay you 8127 time to do them in the morning.
0: And they have, or they have to give you uh, uh, route assistance for that time, one of the two.
1: Yes. Okay, on to the additionals
0: all right the first one is uh out to lunch this is when you are taking a break this is not for bathroom breaks this is not for um doing uh other carrier required activities that management requires you to do like filling out forms or whatever in your truck or at the or at the office or anything like that. They're like, oh, punch out for lunch to do this. You don't do that. Um, anything work related is on the clock. These breaks are you take five minutes because you got too hot in the LLV. You know that's an out to lunch period. Although they say they they some people say that that should be on the clock because management tells you to uh, cool off in the heat. Um, but
1: comfort stop.
0: Yeah, comfort stop. Um, but bathroom breaks are an on-the-clock thing. This is a federal law. And the post office tried to say, no, you got to clock out for lunch if you're going to go to the bathroom. Federal law actually states that your bathroom breaks are on the clock. Don't let management pressure you into that. It says it on both the union's quick reference guide and management's quick reference guide. They both say bathroom breaks are not an out-to-lunch thing.
1: Yep, and it says right on the activity scan. Does not include restroom breaks.
0: Yep. Return to lunch. If you do an out to lunch, you do a return to lunch. Now, these two scans, you have some managers that are telling carriers they have to take a lunch break every day. You are not required to take a lunch break at all. But there's a caveat to this. These are also scans that you can do multiple times, and each scan that you do is a credit to your 4241. Every uh, rural activity scan you do is a credit. So if you want to take a five-minute break here and there, or you take a five-minute break here and there that you never recorded before, start taking them. Get the scan credits for it. You know, if you go out onto a dock to smoke when you're doing your, your morning shift, That's an out-to-lunch time. You're not doing actual work. You should be punching out and back from lunch for that. So make sure if you are doing anything other than work-related stuff, you do your out-to-lunch and return-from-lunch scans. You guys have anything on that? Yep.
2: If you stop and go to your neighbor's case to talk to them for even a minute, technically that's break time.
0: Unless you're talking about work.
2: Unless you're, in, right, unless it's work or handing something off or k- getting something from them for your route, their route. But if it's just, hey, how was your weekend? Technically, that's break time.
0: And that's extra scans for you. But also, the lunch period, you get 30 minutes. However, you add it up, it's 30 minutes. Doesn't matter if you take, one minute 30 times through the day or you or you take two 15 minutes or you take one 30 minute 30 minutes is the lunch break it's federal regulations 30 minutes for a lunch for eight hours of work kind of thing so 30 minutes is about the time you get if you're 31 32 they're not going to say too much but if you're taking two hours they're probably going to definitely have a sit-down talk with you about why are you taking so many breaks and the easiest argument is it was 100 degrees outside, and I was taking cooling breaks.
4: Just and, to give you and, an option. The, the, the Alpha lunch one's a major contention in my office because of the fact that people will stop by uh, the, the highway contractors and talk about the latest television series they're watching. Uh, they, they'll be catching up on what happened over the weekend. You know, and, and all these things, and I explained to them, these are breaks, and, and you have to record them. But it's only a minute or two. I said they're measuring down to the ten thousandths of a second. So a minute or two is a million ten thousandths, okay? So just realize, if you're going to put uh, take a break, put five minutes down. Put ten minutes down. You, you waste that time anyway, you know, through the course of the day. But put something down.
0: And those scans benefit your route overall. All right. The next one is another one that was of a contention throughout this whole situation for some people. And that is the start deviation and end deviation. Start deviation. You pull up to it. We talked about this in a previous episode. Start deviation. you, You get called by management to do express. As soon as you are ready to pull away from that mailbox, before you turn that wheel, before you put it into drive, if you're parked, any of that, you hit start deviation. Dri- drive back to the post office. Pick up the express. Drive back to your route. If the express was before where you are, were at in your route, go deliver it and then come back to that box. Once you return to that box, then you end deviation. If the express is after that mailbox, you just return to the box, hit in deviation, and deliver your route. Expresses are delivered by 6 p.m. unless the customer pays extra for a 3 p.m. delivery. And management should be able to tell the difference between a 6 p.m. and a 3 p.m. delivery time on the Expresses and let you know. Um, if you don't think you'll make it there in time, that would be another deviation. So if you get it in the, in the morning with your mail as you're going out to load your truck, you get out to your route, you go, Oh crap, I'm not going to make it there in time to deliver this by 3 p.m. or at Christmas time, 6 p.m. or even right now, if you're running two routes, like some of our other carriers out there, Kristen, <laughs> uh, and you don't, think you'll, you don't think you'll make it by 6 p.m., as soon as you realize that, hit start deviation, run over to that address, Deliver that express, drive right back to that last box, hit end deviation. There is no other use for these deviation scans except express. That's it. And the last one in this section is PM casing.
1: Quite the controversial this one. one.
0: <laughs> another con- these are almost all these scans have been controversial, but PM casing. So this is how it works and how they've been saying it in the most recent edition of this is how Rex works. And that's how I'm going to call it. This is how Rex works this week. So currently the PM casing is two options. The first option here is that you get back to your office. You finish all your end of duty tasks for the day. All of them. The P-0603, end of shift duties, you finish all of those. Then PM casing. Then if you are a PM casing office, that's when you start casing your mail. I don't believe there are many PM casing offices out there. Somebody can correct me on that. But a lot of offices have done away with PM casing because of mail volume. So that would be the one use of it. The other use of it is for second trips or for aux route carriers, running express. This is the contention point here. The running express for aux routes, the only reason why you're doing it on PM casing is because you should be paid 13, 14A time on that, your green card time for the express delivery. PM casing for second trips is the same thing. You do your end-of-shift duties. That means bringing all your stuff in from your truck, bringing everything from your truck back into the office, putting everything away, doing your edit book, grievances, whatever, first. Then hit PM casing, start load vehicle, take your second trip out to your truck, finish loading your truck, take the conveyance back, park it, Walk back to your case and hit end load vehicle and then walk back out. All of this under PM casing. That's the only two purposes of PM casing right now is actual PM casing or second trips for anybody. And your second trips can be paid in the standard second trip rate and written down on your 4240. So, anything on that, guys?
1: Um, I will include I know we had during one of our snowstorms this year, my postmaster wanted to tell everybody anything that they brought back from the route when they got back to hit PM casing. I had to correct her to inform her that PM casing is for the next day's mail, not mail that you bring back that day. And that is all Get under, under end of shift duties. Yep. Which is
0: part of the PO six hundred three end of shift duties. Any mm-hmm. mail you bring back is to be case. Yeah. Yep. yep. So
1: don't let them argue with that. So there's right. that these,
0: one. These these next ones were the ones that were contentions in my office that I
2: the only thing I would say in regards to with the uh, for the second trip mm-hmm. if you know after everything's done you switch to pm casing you hit start load if it's only two packages and they're smaller you walk them out you know you pick them up walk them out to your truck and as soon as you get in the truck and load because you're just going to set them down on the tray or in the seat next to you and go
0: and you do not hit departure route again no correct
1: yeah all right saturation section i think this one's bill's favorite one
0: (laughs) this is the biggest this is the one that's actually the biggest biggest influencer on people's route so these these are the ones if you're listening you need to pay attention to
1: all right i'm going to start this off this is your saturation scans flats w s s If a flat saturation mailing identified as walk sequence has an address and has not been processed on automation equipment, use this keystroke once to record each set. Select either one, residence only, or two, all deliveries. That means if you have businesses and residents and that WSS has a, a sheet on it that says residents only, you would choose one. If it says residents and businesses or all, you would then choose all deliveries. If it's cased the afternoon before the delivery day, record on delivery day. So this, if it's cased under your PM casing the night before, you're not going to record that WSS until the day you deliver it. A set delivered. Over several days should be recorded only once on the first day of delivery. So if there's a reason that they're going to let you, um, I would say in my instance we've get M smart M sparks on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. uh, the last Tuesday of the month specifically. I know sometimes if we have newer RCAs or in my case if I'm running more than one route, and I have to take M sparks out on the full route and. The zip code for my AUX route does not get sparks. Sometimes they will let me um, just do half of them one day. And then the car- or then whoever's running that route the next day will take out the other half. You're only going to do that, uh, that scan once. So if it's something that's addressed, Flats SS is addressed. Has an address on it. Um, letter SWSS is a letter saturation mailing. Again, same thing as the flat um, WSS, the walk sequence, pretty much the same thing. Resident, you choose residents only or two for all deliveries. Um, case in the afternoon before delivery day, record on delivery day, set delivered over several days, record only once on the first day of delivery. So that, let I me mean, I mean
0: speak on that too, when you get done. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, So the WSS scan is for technically a walk sequence. So it's a box holder with an address. Has to have the address and the WSS on it. And did you want to speak on the SS or the box holders itself?
0: The WSS, actually. All right, go ahead. So in my office... We had a carrier who decided to tell everybody that, hey, my family's in this other office, and they're doing it this way. And it seems to be the way that they get all their information is from their family members about the ways to cheat the system.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And RPM actually had a second service talk that day. She had one that she had to do that day. She actually made a second service talk to address this. The keywords in this is not processed on automation. Now it says it under both the flats and letters because when they wrote this, we were still getting FSS flats. That ended on January first, so WSS is not going to be processed on automation in the flat size, but it's still going to show up in your DPS. Yes. Now we get we get a letter of saturation for businesses and residential in our office, Valpaks I don't know how nationwide that is, but Val Packs. you get a coupon book, it seems like twice a week now at this point, almost, or every two weeks, excuse me, every two weeks you get a Valpak in ours. And um, sometimes they come in the DPS, sometimes they come in separate trays. It's when they come in separate trays that they count for a scan in your scanner. If you are inputting them when they're in your DPS, our postmaster actually said that is a falsification of scans and can lead to discipline. So don't do it. Protect yourself, only scan them when they're separate. They come in their own separate bundles from a truck that delivers them by themselves, definitely scan them. But if they come in your DPS, don't scan them. Another contention they had was the WSH ones. Oh, hold on, when hold this- on, James. Hold on. <laughs>
4: this let's, is- let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go back to the valve packs, okay, because that's a funny contention. We will often get them in our DPS, but not all of them. Because, okay. of, the, because of the fold on there uh, of the, the, the label, the flap feeds into the machine it often jams the machine so the plant yeah. will stop running them and send several trays of them to the office in their sleeves at that then point I count we enter them into mm-hmm. our our wss count
0: yeah because you're not going to get any other credit for it because right. they're not counting them at the plant because they screwed up the machine and they said screw it we're not going to deal with this anymore we'll just send it off as raw so you would want to get that credit on there, and it's and that's why we're going into WSH. You know, we talked about this in a previous podcast. Also, the WSH. You know, if you've got sixty percent coverage of your route, and you get it twice, you've got a hundred and twenty percent of your route there. So, would you do a WSS scan for that? We I can't.
3: Won't com- re- I won't comment on that. <laughs> yeah, we can't
0: recommend what you do but that one would definitely be a carrier discretion scan as long as you have some truth to back it up like I'm delivering to almost every address on my route and I'm not getting credit for them I want to get a credit for them so I did a saturation scan for it that's up to you we cannot say whether you should or should not do that
4: it's carrier and, discretion and the and the WSH is a high density scan up to eighty percent, so you can actually cover your your route in three days with three items, twice, and not get credit for them. Yep. 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 So, where were the engineers when they figured that one out? As
0: somebody said on the thing, we think if they created WSH as a way to screw carriers out of money.
4: Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Our flats box holders. If a flat saturation mailing does not have an address, these would be the ones that just say postal customer, for an example. No address, postal customer. Use this keystroke once to record each set of box holders. Select either one for residence only or two for all deliveries. Usually these ones will also come in with that scan sheet or whatever the whoever sent an amount has with it, and it'll tell you whether it's all deliveries or residence only. If case the afternoon before delivery, record on the day of delivery. A set delivered over several days should be recorded only once on the first day of delivery. That's for flats. Um, letter box holder as well. If a letter saturation mailing does not have an address, and says postal customer. Use this keystroke once to record each set of box holders. Select either resident only or two for all deliveries. If cased in the afternoon before delivery, under PM casing, record on the delivery day. And a set delivered over several days should be recorded only once on the first day. I'm also going to add with the flat S with both the WSS and the box holders, if you are splitting a route, only one carrier needs to enter in the, uh, box holder or the WSS for that route. Yeah.
3: The carrier who has the scanner for
1: that route. Yes.
3: Standard.
1: Yes. If a route is being, if a route now I'll kind of go over the, uh, splitting routes. Um, maybe not tonight, but, uh, that we do have, I know my state union put it together uh, for the proper procedure for splitting routes. So um, I know, I think I have posted it in a few groups when people have asked that questions for it. So, but that is your WSS and your box holders, both flats and letters. The difference is the WSS is, has not been processed on automation and it is addressed and box holders, do not have an address and not processed under automation, obviously, too. And, and,
4: and a side note gonna... here, um, I, I remember everybody in our management team saying we could throw our little measuring tools away if people don't remember the blue rulers. Yep. If you notice, there are there are measurements on our sheets here for your cheat sheet that, you know, say, what is the letter? What is a flat? and in our office we are getting a lot of these oversized postcard mailings and they're box holders and they are six and one half inches tall that is a flat folks so josh is
1: asking if it's a box holder but it's labeled wss if it says postal and i had actually one of these um not too long ago on one of the routes i ran it said postal customer but also on the top, it had the ECWSS. There is no address. It is a box holder.
0: Yeah, uh, marriage mail. When you get a card with them, when uh, the card has the address and the uh, flat uh, bundle uh-huh. doesn't ha- doesn't have the address, that also says ECRWSS on it. Yep. So it's going to say it, but it just doesn't have the address listed on it. Correct. So that's
3: two
1: scans.
3: Yes. Yes.
1: If the card has the card with the address. Yep. And flat box holder.
3: Yep. And
4: you get two credits for that day.
1: All right.
4: And and you're throwing two pieces of mail. Yes, you are.
1: Excuse me. Delivery is our next section. You want
0: this one, James? Sure. Sure. All right. Trip the door. This is if you take more than one trip to the door with parcels, especially Amazon if you're delivering people their dog food and then you also have to deliver their cat food or their cat litter and you have to take multiple trips. Don't break your back. Grab a parcel, carry it to the door, scan it. Go back, grab the next parcel, carry it to the door, scan it. As many times as you need to. When you are done with those multiple trips, finish the scan out, and then turn around and hit trip to door, and enter the number. Trip to door actually allows, I believe it's 99 trips. Nine trips. Nine. Nine, Nine. okay. It used to be two slots. I guess they adjusted it. When I first started doing the scans it was two slots, but now I guess they took it down to one. So you get nine trips. If you do more than nine trips, Do a second one. The first trip is included in that count. So if you do eight additional trips, you put in nine. Your Mm -hmm. first trip is counted, but you still put nine in the the scanner. Door miscellaneous. No, go ahead.
1: Also on the trip to door, if you have a, a customer pickup and you have to make more than one trip to to pick up all the packages you would also use trip to door for that as well
0: I was actually going to talk about that in door miscellaneous
1: <laughs> well it says right here uh, if beyond a single trip to require to deliver or collect items to from customer
0: yeah yep. um, door yeah so door miscellaneous um, this is for completing trips to door where there is no item available for scanning or parcel for delivery Example, hold mail delivery. Well, they changed what a hold mail delivery would be if you're doing a trip to a door. If it's over eight pieces, it's considered a parcel. So technically, if you're delivering hold mail to the door, it'd be over eight pieces. So it'd be a parcel. So you'd have that initial trip to door when you put uh, delivered to door. So I've actually been using the door miscellaneous scan for my parcel pickups, so that way it differentiates from a parcel delivery. Now, this is not, like like uh, Kristen said, it is not uh, what it says in this sheet, but there's no other use for this door miscellaneous scan since the holds are now put under as a parcel.
4: And once, and once you scan it as a parcel, it'll prompt you where you delivered it to, correct? Right,
0: yes, exactly. So if you're delivering it to the door, you can put it delivered to door or if you put it in the mailbox, you put it in that mailbox kind of thing. Or if you get handed it to the customer, you hand it it to the customer. So door, door miscellaneous is, for all intents and purposes, an unused scan now unless you choose to use it for parcel pickups. So that way you can differentiate when management asks you, why do you have this here? Well, that's so I can show you that I picked up parcels at the door versus picking them versus delivering parcels to the door.
1: Authorized.
0: Also yeah,
1: well. also hold on one more okay. thing for door miscellaneous. If you have um uh, I know if I have photos. Something that's not quite rigid, but you don't want to bend it, you know. Life Touch sends out the photos now in the mail and they don't have a box. And you don't wanna bend it, then you wanna take it to the door. That would be a door miscellaneous as well. Well,
0: That's further down, too. I was actually going to get to that. (laughs) Um, Also, uh, next one is authorized dismount, off dismount. If an authorized dismount location requires additional trips beyond initial trip to complete delivery, applies only to authorized dismount locations, which are typically a business, school, CBU, mail rooms things like that those are authorized dismounts hardship dismounts those are all authorized dismounts they are places you are authorized to get out of the truck to deliver the mail so if you are delivering to a business and you have multiple parcels for them you can you are to use the authorized dismount not the trip to door if you deliver their mail to them at the counter and you're doing multiple parcel trips to them too, you still are gonna do the tender to, or, um, tender to authorized agent or uh, front desk mail room with the scanner, but it's still also an authorized dismount. Um, CBUs, when you deliver to a CBU, take as much mail as you can safely carry to deliver to the CBU if you have to go back to the truck to reload for that same CBU, that's a second authorized dismount trip. That would be recorded under this. If you have multiple CBUs together, and it takes you one trip per CBU, you've already got the authorized dismounts for each CBU if you map them in your mapping program. The only time you would get a multiple Authorized dismounts to to a CBU is if you have multiple trips to the exact same CBU. If you're delivering to the parcel locker, you automatically get the credit of an authorized dismount there for the parcel locker, the extra authorized dismount for the parcel locker. So you wouldn't have to include that in there. Any uh, extra comments on that?
4: Uh, well, just, I, I'll i i admit that I, I uh, did the extra, the parcel lockers as an extra
3: trip. Oh, well, um, I'm trying. To, I'm just trying to unpack that a little bit.
1: if go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Are, are
3: you saying that if it's a a step? Okay, so if it's a CVU and the parcel locker is separate from the CVU or
0: the so parcel locker is right next to the CPU if it's credited to the CBU section that you're at so say you have the first CBU and you attach the parcel lockers to that you would get if you scan a parcel for the parcel locker it gives you that trip from your truck to that parcel locker on the authorized dismount supposedly
4: see, and, there's, that, there's that word again. <laughs> <laughs> yes unfortunately that's a word
0: we've learned to use a lot in this situation because we don't have the actual numbers. and anybody that FOIA requests the entire comprehensive study of the rec system gets a redacted version where 90% of it's blacked out like it's some high high top secret government document yeah um, James there's what a question I, that have I got a word? question in the chat too
2: all right. Well, real quick, and then I'll let you get to the the what was typed out. Yep. Let's say I have one park point with, we'll say, just to make the math easy, four CBUs. Like boom, 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 boom. Mhm. With with the wheel, they from the truck to the first one across, and then back to the truck, and then obviously with mapping, you have to put a distance for each of each one, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. on Tuesday with marriage mail day where it takes me twice for each set of doors. So I go in there and do authorized dismount. that, That should be one authorized dismount because I'm mapped one time or my distance is one time from the truck to that set and then back.
0: Yes. So here's the hard part about this. Our GPSs in our scanners, we have a single-source GPS in our scanners. Military uses two-source GPS scanners. Single-source GPS scanners are accurate at most to a proximity of 30 feet, at most. On average, they're accurate to within 150 feet. So when you're looking at your CBUs and they're all close together, my recommendation and this is not coming from anybody other than myself, my recommendation is at your authorized dismount, if you take one trip to your CBU, and you have to take a second one, then you go to CBU number two, and you take two trips there. And CBU three, you take two trips there. CBU four, you take two trips there. You have four CBUs. I would input authorized dismount eight, because you get that initial trip, plus your second trip input into the authorized dismount. And the only reason I say that is because you wanted to record that you did two trips to each CBU in that section. Because of how close the GPS is, it's not gonna register which CBU you took the second trip to. Now, if you have a standalone CBU, and you go to other CBUs in a trailer park where each CBU for a neighborhood is at the end of the trailer row, then yeah, you're gonna do the authorized dismount for that specific CBU. Um, now the question that was okay. in, the, in the chat, um, uh, does uh, any business qualify in general as an authorized dismount? No. Businesses can have mailboxes on the street and if you deliver something in, you will use the um, specific scan for that. If you're delivering a package or delivering a parcel or delivering um, hold mail with the unscanned parcel, which is the next one we'll talk about, um, that will have its own input for that. And you should have marked its, its park point and its door delivery at the location you drop the mail. So if you go inside the building and you go to the, let's say it's an auto dealership say you park in the front of the building and you have to walk halfway back into the back of the building to drop it off at the uh, cashier's desk. You want to plot that uh, door delivery all the way back where approximately where that cashier's desk is. You want that footage that you're walking in that business. But no, if it has a mailbox on the street that you normally deliver to, it is not an authorized dismount. This is only for businesses, businesses, hardships and things like that where you are authorized to get out of the truck every single day to deliver. If you're delivering mail to a mailbox almost all the time, and then you get out once a week to deliver a package there, it's not an authorized discount. That would be under trip to door if you do multiple trips on that one.
2: It's Actually, the wording is on a daily or weekly basis. So once a week you have to go into a business to do a pickup you would get an authorized dismount that one day a week. Okay. Um, you see what I'm saying there? As the, the verbiage on that is on a consistent basis on a daily or weekly basis is the actual verbiage.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not listed on this scan sheet, so I don't have that. I'm right. looking at it right now. But... If that's the case then, then that's that's another side of it right there. And I'll and we'll always default to its carrier discretion.
2: Right. I'm gonna say if it's if it's in your edit book and on your 4003 as an authorized dismount, you get you can take credit for the authorized dismount. And we'll, if
0: you have, have if you that. have a location that you're constantly going into every single day, um, you know you're constantly every day. It doesn't matter like clockwork. You always have to go in with a parcel delivery. The option is there to talk with your postmaster and the customer, and see if they want to become an authorized dismount location where you have to go in and actually deliver. Postmaster's probably going to go no. They've got a mailbox. We don't need to do that. But it's an option that you can actually go for if if the customer wishes to have everything delivered in store so they don't have to go out to the mailbox kind of thing. It's a difficult thing to do, but something it can be done. Anybody else on that, or move on?
3: well'm I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to to unpack this again. So, uh, carrier asked me, and this is kind of specific to my office his route, um, has the county election office. Uh-huh. And, and on Saturday we had a full coverage in our DPS. Uh, I, there's some sort of election in our county coming up. So they mailed out ballots to everybody, uh, over the weekend. Um, when they, when they process the mail, it comes in, the, the ballots are, are kicked out and they're put into trade that he has to deliver to the county's um, election office. And he said when he does, normally, uh, normally he, he told me they have a mailbox, but when the election mail, he has to uh, he has to go around the back and, um, you know, ring a buzzer and then he hands those off. So, of course it doesn't happen during the mini mail survey. So, but is that something he should get Measured as an authorized dismount because it only happens like you know once every couple of years.
1: I would say that's a happens, scannable parcel or trip or, door, or, a, for... or a door miscellaneous.
3: I, I would that's
2: definitely, well, if, if it's a if he's taking a full you know a tray or trays or tub tubs, I would say unscannable per each tray or tub.
0: Yeah, each tray would be an unscannable parcel delivery. Yeah.
3: That's what I. That's kind of what I. That's kind of what I kicked around with him. So, okay.
0: And we're. we're what in, I was
2: told for my bus for my large business is each tray because I don't handle the mail in the tray. They they sort it themselves. So the clerk hands it to me. I put it in my truck. I take it off the truck and hand it to them. And they sort it.
0: That, it would be an unscannable parcel. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's our told. next great segue right into the next scan.
3: Before you say seg- before before you segue, so let me just just clarify. So if I have just a standalone CVU that's got two parcel lockers in it, and I can't handle, and I have several, and, and they're like clockwork. It's the same ones every almost every day that I can't handle the the flats and letters and all of their. They're large parcels and small parcels, and I make two trips in and out of my truck to to service that CBU that's authorized dismount to. Correct. rb B two. Yes. Okay. But I have, then... but I have one location where I have two CBU's standing together, and sometimes. You know, depending on the volume of mail and volume of parcels, sometimes I, I get out and I deliver the parcels, I get out and then I go back and I get the letter mail. Sometimes I have to make a trip just to get the small parcel. And I just do RB, you know, authorize this amount, two or three or four, depending on how many times I, I have to do that. Correct. So
0: on the On the parcels for the for you to put it as an extra part of the authorized dismount, you have to be delivering them in at mailbox. This is separate from the parcel locker. so if you're del- delivering them into their mail slot, then it would yeah. be part of your authorized dismount. But if you're delivering them to the parcel lockers, the parcel locker is a separate uh, authorized dismount part. So, it's a little like I said, it's a little confusing, it's little complicated and it's a, a contentious scan as most well, scans are.
3: I was trying to explain this to to carriers in my office. We were having a little chat the other day with the supervisor, and they're like, well, it's only a foot from my truck to the CDU if I'm just it's like and I said, well, I, I'm telling you you could do it. that That's what I do. It's up to you if you want to especially, you know, talking to some carriers whose routes went down. It's like, well, you know, and I don't do many of them. I do maybe two a day, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes three or four, like tomorrow I'll probably do a bunch, but okay. I'll let you segue.
0: And I forgot I misspoke. I should have said when, when you do the extra authorized dismount and you have multiple CBUs, it should be one plus the number of additional trips for every CBU you have. So you get those extra credits for the extra trip. Instead of saying eight for the four CBUs, it should have actually been five. That was my mistake. I'm correcting it now. Okay. Um, all right. So now we'll go on to unscanned parcel. It, use unscanned parcel when an obvious parcel, not a letter or a flat, something that fits in your case. That includes your U lines. <laughs> unless the U-Line has a barcode on it that you can't scan, that you know there's a barcode there, um, is delivered and has no barcode or the label is missing or completely unreadable. It includes small parcels delivered in the mailbox and parcel lockers. Do not use if barcode is manually entered when delivered. So if you have a messed up barcode that doesn't scan, looking at you, Amazon, all their messed <laughs> up barcodes. that. Um, <sighs> But you can read the numbers on it. You enter the numbers manually. Now, some of us have learned what the first eight digits are before it. Do not enter those when you punch the numbers in on the parcel. If you enter those numbers, it's going to think it read the the barcode on it, and you're not going to get the input credit for inputting the numbers into the scanner. And the input credit's a good one on that one. You get actually you actually get some good time on that if you, you enter them manually. Now, granted, don't enter all of them manually either because that will throw a red flag. Unscanned parcel, there's no barcode and numbers are blacked out, missing. Somebody put a Sharpie over it or U, UPS decided to stick one of their fancy stickers over the top of it. You don't have to tear that sticker off anymore unless The clerks already did it and scanned it in the computer. They probably didn't scan it in the computer either. If you can't input anything, then it's an unscanned parcel. The same thing for if you are delivering hold mail of over eight pieces. This was the new one they came out with not too long ago. Any hold mail over eight pieces is considered an unscanned parcel. So if you have nine pieces of mail for somebody that had their their, uh, mail on hold for three weeks, that's an unscanned parcel. And if they're only getting nine pieces of mail, it's kind of wondering why, but they put it on hold in the first place. But this also includes your do-not-bend envelopes, your school pictures. Diplomas.
3: Yeah.
0: Diplomas, especially. Oh, man, I've seen so many Facebook posts throughout the years of people complaining their mailman rolled their diploma in the uh, mailbox and things like that. Your collector
1: Um, coins that come in the... Rigid envelopes, oh, yeah. the pre-standard. Oh, they come in, it, basically you'd toss them in an Ubum if you had to, um, with no scan on it, and don't bend those suckers, trust me, I got a call and complain about smashing one into a yeah, mailbox no. one day. That's no. an uns, yeah, it, it, it's hard, it's rigid, I know I get people on my routes that order their crossword book puzzles that come by the case, and it's metered, that's an unscanned parcel.
0: Yep. and don't forget the people that get comic books too mm-hmm. oh, oh man those those guys are violent when they come in the post office screaming about somebody bending their first edition of some, some obscure comic book we've never heard of <laughs> anything that does not fit in your case is, and I always use the analogy if it doesn't fit in a standard mailbox it's an unscanned parcel the U-lines what? will fit in the standard mailbox, and they will fit in the standard case. Uh-huh. Of course, it's going to take up the entire slot. And U-lines
1: are usually counted in on whether they come in. Yes, as a flat. U-line is a flat, whether it comes in a pre-sorted bundle or it comes loose in your carrier-routed tub of flats. U-line is a flat.
0: Unless it has a barcode on it. And Correct. I've seen you lines with barcodes on them. Yeah. And uh, then that right. becomes a parcel scan. And if you know, that, if you see a barcode on it, and the barcode does not read, and it's missing a number in the line, it's an unscanned parcel because it had a barcode on it.
4: And you forgot, the most, barcode. you forgot the most important thing. If it doesn't fit in with the mail in your case. Correct. Then that would be carrier discretion. No, no, <laughs> Bill. May, that's Bill May's discretion. <laughs> exactly. So.
3: What if you have two U line catalogs for the same address?
0: Unstacked <laughs> <on> parcels. <laughs> um, we have a we have a car dealership on our route that gets twelve of them at a time. So yeah.
3: Oh my god! But they
0: have a, I, I've they got,
1: have a
3: giant robot.
1: I've got Cooper Standard that on one of my routes that has a giant mailbox, and they'll get like six or seven of those at a time. Also, also, um, along the lines of the hold mail, business closed on weekends. If you have businesses, um, I have Industrial Park. um, We have businesses that are closed on the weekends. And if you are delivering more than eight pieces of mail on that Monday to deliver or after a holiday, that is an unscanned parcel.
0: Yep. And then like like we were saying in the authorized dismount uh, section, if you have a business, government agency, a lawyer, for instance, who gets a lot of mail and you just deliver it to a mailroom, or if you have a business that has a mail room that they just get a tray of of mail separated automatically for their business, that's an unscanned parcel delivery. If you're just dropping a tray off, you're not touching the mail. You're not sorting the mail. You're not doing anything with it. You got no credit for it anywhere other than in the raw section of the uh, end of run or something like that. That's an unscanned parcel that you're just taking in, dropping on this on the counter, and, and walking out the door. Just like how you deliver a package, you drop the package, you scan it, you hit hit the stuff in the in the scanner, and you're out the door. You're not sorting it for them. You're not opening the parcel for them. What okay? So it would be an unscanned parcel
3: because I know cause, um i have business that that's that's what we would do because they would get so much mail i mean we just when i used to be in my it was one of my matrix routes when i was when i was an rca i just put all their mail in a tub but they used to get a lot of certified it was not uncommon to have you know five ten certified for them i mean i'm not sorting it, but i gotta but i gotta go around the you know I dropped the tub off at the lady, but then I would have to have her sign for the certified. So, does that negate the unscanned parcel because you've got the certifieds in there? My
0: opinion, no, because I would consider the certified should have been delivered by the clerk to you, separate from the tray Well, in the first place. It should have been I, I, in the accountables cart.
3: Uh, again, that, that kind of I, I think that uh, certifieds coming in the accountables cart is going away.
1: Yeah, ours mine was showing up
3: a while ago. Most of what I'm seeing on social media is a lot of people are finding them in their in their DTS. Uh I'm finding them in my uh, in my clerk sorted mail. Yep. At, at the hot cake, um, but I I haven't signed for a certified. I think in six years. I think since I transferred down to to my current office, I don't think I've gotten. I don't think I've signed for a certified. In, in,
1: in fact, on our accountable cart, they now have a. Uh, a note taped to the accountable cart for the clerks that says, do not scan um, certifieds at an arrival at units. Um, I also know, um, you know, because we're all customers as well. We had a certified show up on the informed delivery that you're receiving a certified. Um, I happen to live on a city route, but my city carrier in my office says, hey, because uh, she, she was fingering her DPS, and she pulled out that certified. She goes, I have a certified. Do you want to sign it now? I said, yeah, I'll go ahead and sign it, toss it in the box, because it was for the other half, but he wasn't going to be home anyways. But, yeah, they will show up in informed delivery as a certified coming to you when they're in the DPS. So they are being tracked in the system. They're just not giving an arrival at unit scan anymore.
3: So you still – so. Because I've seen people out there saying, "Well, I'm just going to chuck it in the box now." It's like, no, you still take that to the door. You and are, I don't know where, you I'm are getting,
1: still getting that credit for going to the door when you scan that certified I, at the door and have them sand, You're still getting that certified letter credit. It's just not okay, getting the, did, I, the AAU um, scan in the office anymore. Okay. And if, if I'm, you're I'm, just
0: throwing it, if you're if you're scanning it and throwing it in the box and signing for it on your own. That's falsification of a government document right there. Oh, you're signing. Oh. You're signing for somebody who didn't authorize you to sign for it. Right. You're falsifying no, a document. I,
3: no, I wasn't saying that. I, I I saw some people on social media saying, "Well, if it's not accountable anymore, then they're not even getting signatures for it. They're just chucking it in the box." No! Uh, no! 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 Yeah. No, no. Well. No! 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 I, I'm, I'm just, just saying Okay, I understand that. But I'm I'm saying what I'm saying what I what I saw out there and I got us off topic. I'm sorry. I was just no, we no, were, you're so fine. Going.
1: It's along the lines yeah, now yeah. of uh, signature uh, packages. Think yeah. think of it that way. You still have to go. You know, there's still yep. clerks just tossing them to you, and you got to get the signatures. It's gonna be the same thing coming in your DPS. Is, it's just a signature required piece of mail.
0: Well, just like your packages that you get that are priority signature and stuff like that.
1: Yep.
3: Can I, but a little segue? I I actually had a registered. I actually had a registered on Saturday.
1: Wow. I've only had one in the last five years, and that was a few months ago.
3: Yeah. Okay. I
0: I guess several international registered.
1: Uh, I don't talk about that. I also don't count anymore. But yeah, I know what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Well, the the, uh, the scan still counts as a registered in the system, yeah. And don't don't get me started don't get me started on the uh, standard uh, post Russian packages that start with an R that uh, the scanner thinks is a uh, registered, yeah. When really the guy's only getting maybe a couple bolts or something like that. Yep.
1: Yeah. All right, back to uh, carrier so. pickup is the next one.
0: Carrier pickup. Now this is another contentious hey. one. So, I'm this. Do it this way. <laughs> Every scan is a contentious scan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this one is use carrier pickup when performing a carrier pickup or accepting a prepaid parcel over two pounds. Enter the total number of parcels/slash containers picked up. Up to five parcels may be scanned and accepted under hotkey O for prepaid acceptance scan. If a Manifest 5630 or slash MyPO pickup form is present or directed to scan all items accepted, scan the barcodes using prepaid acceptance from the on-street menu. That's a lot to unpack. So the carrier pickup, you're supposed to weigh the parcel and make sure it's more than two pounds before you scan it under carrier pickup.
1: Most of the times the label will have the weight on there as well if you look up in the left hand side it will have as long as they did it correctly you will have the weight of that package on there also to add not only over two pounds but priority packages as well
0: now show of hands how many people have a scale in their postal truck i don't see any hands i don't see any hands of a scale in the postal truck
1: I, I I, i have a postal scale but it's not in the truck it's in
0: my exactly we don't, we don't carry a postal scale in the truck. So, and my, my opinion is I'm not a clerk. I may be a post office on wheels, but I don't have all the functions of a clerk. I don't have a postal scale to, to verify whether a package is two pounds or not. I don't have a, I mean, yes, you said you can look at the label and see, but I've delivered parcels where I've had to pick up a postage due for the fact that they put down that it was 0.15 pounds and it was actually 2.5 pounds.
4: Uh-huh. Here it
3: comes.
0: So, <laughs> so it, Here it comes. My opinion is if it has a barcode you scan it under prepaid acceptance and any of them that are you feel are over two pounds again carrier discretion. There we go. <laughs> The keyword today. How many of you have taken shots for this? Keyword carrier <laughs> discretion.
1: We would be we, we'd be slurring this uh, segment if we were doing that. But yeah.
0: Um. But then you use the carrier pickup, and however you want to do it is up to you. I scan everything under prepaid acceptance. My customers prefer re- that I scan everything under prepaid acceptance. My postmaster doesn't care whether I do all the scans or if I only do five. My Postmaster is really cool, so I I appreciate that a lot from from them. But um, definitely you want to get the parcels under the the carrier pickup because that's a a Rex-credited scan. That's an activity scan you get a credit for on your activity scans in your 4241A. So you definitely want to be doing as many activity scans as you can give reason as to why you did them. That's the best way to put it. (laughs) Carrier discretion.
1: <laughs> but, also, um, if you're picking terrier, up, you know, terrier, also, uh, if you're, uh, it only lets you scan five, but if you're picking up 12, make sure you enter in 12, scan the five, and then the rest of them under prepaid exemptions.
0: And then also, if you have parcels that are priority parcels that are over two pounds, that don't have a barcode, Again, two pounds carrier discretion. You can do the carrier pickup, enter the number of parcels, and if there's no barcodes, hit enter. And if it says, and it'll ask you if there are no barcodes to scan, you say yes. Because there may not be barcodes on those priority packages, but you can still input the number under carrier pickup.
1: And if, when you're going to do a pickup, If they have a manifest, a scan sheet that has that they printed out for all their parcels, you have to just still scan those five, and then when you get back to the main menu, the scan barcode under the main menu, then scan that manifest, and then it'll pick everything else up as well.
0: You should be able to scan the manifest under uh, the...
1: No, it will not let you.
0: Oh, interesting. I've never had one, so I wouldn't know.
1: I have a a regular uh, pickup on... uh, the route I ran oh, yesterday okay. and tomorrow. That Oh, yeah, I've I, I've tried it. No,
4: it won't let you. You have to do it under the main um, scan barcode menu. Let, let me run then, a scenario by you guys, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. I have a customer every several months, they uh, they pack up and ship out promotional T-shirt. Now, I, I can do anywhere from three to four packages to uh, 10 or 15, and then every once in a while, I get cases and i'm talking three and four hundred poly bags now i've been advised to scan them at the customer's location and i'm sitting there going okay the wind chill is minus 22 <laughs> the sleet is coming down so bad it's stinging my face bite me because i'm bringing them back to the office okay all right ben. now go ahead under that scenario i would do that as part of my end-of-shift duties. And that's another but, one you can
0: actually do as part of your end-of-shift duties is standing is yeah. the the up, especially in inclement weather. You know, but, if, if it's yeah. pouring rain out or something like that, it, you don't want to be standing at the back of your truck in the pouring rain trying to scan paper barcodes as the rain's pouring down and soaking the, the barcode and now the barcode's unreadable.
4: Well, and I have to, I have to protect the integrity of the product I'm, I'm picking up too. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then um, and a couple questions in the thing, um, and plus one other point of contention that I've seen online about the uh, parcel pickups. The first one is the contention I've seen online. If you have a stop with 250 two-pound packages of priority packages, or what you feel should be under the carrier pickup scan, enter 99, scan 5, Enter 99, scan 5, and then enter 52 for the 250 that you're delivering into the carrier pickup, scan 5, and, and go from there. You can also do the, and then you can do the uh, prepaid acceptance and scan all the rest of them. So the remaining uh, 235 that you didn't scan, then you scan under carrier pickup, or prepaid acceptance. Okay. The next one was uh, the questions on the thing. Uh, if you have a pickup that you don't have a scan sheet for, do you still get credit for picking them up? Yes. You don't have to have a scan sheet to pick up packages from customers. It does help, it gives you extra credits on your 4241, so I'd recommend convincing those customers to put those forms in, but you don't add, have to have a form due to a pickup.
1: I want to add to this James. I think yep. I know what Vince talking about. We've talked about it in the past. It will pop up um, also when there's a carrier pickup request and it it will pop up actually if you use your package look ahead, it comes up purple in your package look ahead. Yep. Um, if by chance they did not print that sheet off and physically hand you that sheet, it is going to hang out there. So yes, you're gonna say no. I don't have a sheet because you don't have it physically in your hand when you do that carrier pickup. But upon returning to that office, let them know that you did that pickup so they can close that order out in the in the system. Because all that sheet, uh, all you're doing when you're scanning that sheet is letting the system closing the closing it that order out in the system that you picked it up.
0: And if if you can get them to scan that sheet out. Or print that sheet out so you can scan it in office and say you did accept it. But this one, you don't, when you're doing it in the office and it's by itself and you're not putting the parcels with it, just do it under the normal scan barcode. Yep. So you get the scan credit for that sheet. And it should give you the the, the sheet credits in your 4241, if, even if you scan them under the scan barcode.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, all
0: right. And then. I'm going
2: uh, say. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, go ahead. With, with, with the example you were just giving about with the really large pickups, like my case neighbor has a a huge pickup, which varies in size day to day. So what she'll do is she'll do prepaid acceptance for ninety four, then switch over to carrier pickup. Say ninety nine, scan the five the next five in, then go back to prepaid for the next ninety four so she's
0: getting credit for those scans. And she knows exactly
2: how many she's
3: importing.
0: Yep. Yep. That works too. That's another way to do it and prevent double scanning.
3: Yeah, just whatever I, I think whatever way works for you, so long as you're so long, and
0: you, long as you can back it up. Okay.
3: As long as
2: you can back back it up and you're having accurate data entry. Yep. Uh,
0: Uh,
1: All right. Now we're going on to sales. This is the last section, folks. Um, It's it's a
0: very important one.
1: (laughs) uh, Postage due customs. I personally have never had to do a customs duty tax from a customer. However when collecting or attempting to collect funds for customs duty tax for the customer. So if you receive a customs due duty tax from uh, your clerk um, and you go and attempt it, you're gonna hit the postage due customs button to get credit for going to the door, um, yeah. attempting it. And then, um, so that would be for those.
0: And also, the, um, if the if the clerk gives you a peach slip to deliver to the customer for that, you also want to hit it for that because you're going to take that peach slip to the door and put it on the door for the customer. You're not going to stick it in the mailbox. Correct.
1: Uh, postage due short paid when collecting or attempting to collect funds for postage due short paid mail from customer. This is not customs duty tax collection. Postage due. Somebody's birthday card. They should have put two stamps on it. And they put one. Or 24 cents, 40 cents. Or our favorite that's been going around lately, the online seller fraud labels that are invalid postage. Yeah, that's always been a fun one lately. Um... This is your postage due. Again, when collecting or attempting to collect, leaving that notice on the door. If you're standing at the door, same with certified. If you're, if you're at the door, people, you're knocking at the door, whether it's a certified, a signature required, a postage due, and they're not coming to that door, leave that notice. It's got sticky on it for a reason now. Leave it on the door. That way, they can't say, "Well, they didn't stop. Why is this in my off in my box? They didn't stop." That's proof that you stopped at the door.
0: And do the scan on- at the door. <laughs>
4: yeah, and it's it's on the front door, which they never use.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A through their garage. Yeah.
1: I I am notorious for for. Uh, Forgetting the postage due short paid, I know in my office and even my old office, if it's something minute, twenty-four cents, forty cents, we usually just toss the change in to the clerk from a little jar in the drawer and give them an envelope to you know put that on there too because you're still attempting, you know. If you're if you toss that change in and you put the fix the envelope. The little money collection envelope with the card, and you know I paid this for you. Thank you, blah blah blah. You're still attempting that postage due.
0: Yep, because that customer is going to pay you back. Usually. And if they don't, if they don't, you remember that customer, and you never do it again.
1: I try to be but, nice at um, Christmas time. You only get one shot.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste my. I'm not paid enough. I'm on table two.
1: I'm an, <laughs> RCA, <laughs> I'm an RCA, honey. I'm an RCA.
0: That's even worse. But yeah, we're right in the same boat. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, you know, that's customer service, though, right there. And yes. all the customers I've ever paid uh, postage due for have always paid me back. So yes. that's good on our customers, too. That shows that they actually are caring about us as much as we care about them.
4: You're, you're not saying y'all keep track of who does and who doesn't, like on a Christmas list? You're not saying that, right?
1: No, I'm saying if somebody has like a a $2.50 or a $3 postage due around Christmas time, I will normally, I sometimes if I happen to have a few bucks on me, I'll go ahead and pay that to make sure that they get it at Christmas time with the envelope. And if they don't repay me back, I usually remember who that is. But
0: well, anyway, it's easier. My <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 easier, it's easier to remember who doesn't pay, though, because yes. it's so few, so few customers that, you know, it's not a big deal to remember. Oh, that's the guy that I get, I paid 37 cents for their extra stamp on their postage and they never paid me back for it.
1: I don't worry about the 25 cent, 37, 40 cent ones. I really honestly, I don't care about those ones. It's when it's, you know, a buck fifty, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars that, you know, knowing who they are, you know, it's Christmas time. I will go ahead and I'll cover it to make sure that the, that Christmas card with whatever from grandma or aunt Susie gets there. Then, but yeah,
0: that gift card to the place they hate.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but okay. On to rural reach customer. Oh, oh,
4: oh, oh, hold on here. I- I have a legend on my case. I have green dots on addresses that only get first class mail. I have red dots that for customers who don't get our marriage mail. And I have little skull and crossbones for the people who don't pay back their postage due.
1: (laughs) I like that actually. (laughs) I may do that when I go regular here in another five months. Um Rural reach customer, when engaging a customer to generate a lead for the rural reach program. This is actually a five minute credit, people. Um, yeah, who wants to explain rural reach customer? Because my explanation will, do <laughs> well, I don't have well, a lot of area on my routes that this would pertain to. Um, well, here's,
0: I I actually have a lot on mine. Go
1: ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I did one the
3: other day. Um, I have some guy. I go through this. I, I go through it with this this guy every year. That he uh, goes around to all the well the CBUs on one part of my route, taping up advertisements for his lawn care service. Ah. And I thought what what would happen if i but all this does when you hit rule reach all it does is it just beats yeah it, it, it's not like you enter any information you know it's really more I, I i think it's it's more that hey when you're actually engaging them and having you know having them fill out a lead card that you take back to the office
0: mm-hmm. but yeah.
3: You know, when I tore his advertisement down because you're not supposed to advertise on our TVs, um, yeah, I, I plugged that in.
0: Yep, there's actually a start lead in the, uh, in the scanner now, and here's what I've got. So I've got customers on my route that ship packages. Well, I had a customer who was driving to the post office almost every day to, to drop packages off. And I noticed that they had all these packages in the back of their car. So I actually got out of my truck, walked up to them, and said, hey, I can take those packages for you instead of you having to drive to the post office every day. Me thinking, hey, that's parcel credit for me. That's Mm -hmm, a rural reach right there. On top of that, if you talk to a customer and get them to sign up for informed delivery, that's a rural reach. If you talk to a customer about advertising their business, that's a rural reach. And Like he was just saying, if you got a customer or somebody who puts an advertisement on a CBU in a mailbox, take that advertisement, put it into the lead. If you if you can figure out their address and their phone number, and great, if you can get their email off their stuff, you can actually input that in your scanner yourself as a lead, but that's a rural reach. And then, if you can't figure it out, you take that card out, that's still a rural reach because you're taking it back to the office to get the postmaster to reach out to them
4: to do a rural reach.
0: So that's a rural reach for yourself.
4: That was funny. Give it it to the postmaster.
1: Would that be the rural reach around? (laughs) (laughs) My, my
0: My postmaster actually said, if you take those cards out of the box, Do a rural reach on that. So that came from a manager said to do a rural reach on that for a credit on your route. Now, granted, your manager may not say the same thing, but it's a rural reach. Now, another one that I say is if you're talking to your customers, you know, you take a few minutes to talk to your customers, I consider that a rural reach because they're more likely to use the post office if you're nice to your customers.
1: You're engaging conversation, right.
0: yes. Yeah. That's, a stretch. Um, it,
1: that's it, a stretch. It really is. It really is. Um, Some managers would
0: say that is not a rural reach. But if that customer then turns around and says, you know what? I'm going to ship out 100 cards uh, this Christmas. So I'm going to buy 100 stamps from this nice carrier.
1: Stamp stock Isn't sales. Nice, and That's your next Segue segue. into stamp stock
0: sales. (laughs) That's another one. Yeah, right there. Did I not do that perfectly?
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw you there. All right, stamp stock sales is our final one. When completing a sale of stamps while servicing the route. Yes, you can keep stamp stock. Most management doesn't want to do it anymore, but it is possible you can also like many of us carriers will buy a book of stamps that way we have it on because again we are rural and customers will leave an envelope of cards or bills with a couple bucks in there to put the stamps on i had one the other day on my ox route i pull up he's got a card he has a check written out for a book of stamps paper clip to the card That's a stamp stock sale. I took it back. I grabbed an orange envelope. I put the check in it. I held the card to the next day when I got the the, uh, orange envelope back from the clerks. I took a stamp off the book, put it on the card, threw it in the outgoing mail, and returned his book of stamps to him. You are selling a stamp. You are taking cash for postage. That is stamp stock sale.
0: Yeah, if, you're, if you pick up one of those envelopes, you're not getting paid for the pickup of that envelope or the delivery of that envelope. That is a stamp stock sale because you're going to go back to your office and you're going to go up to your window clerk, not to the front window, but you're going to come up to the back side of your window clerk, and your clerk should come over and take that stamp stock and do the stamp stock sale for you so you can return it to the customer the next day. Right. If the clerk's... If Ours the first not,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> not willing to do that you can do it through the accountable cart but it takes a little bit longer sometimes it takes two days instead of getting it done that day but it's still the first first handling of it is a stamp stock sale mm-hmm. in my opinion now some yes. man some managers will say you don't carry stamp stock you don't get the stamp stock credit that used yeah. to be a that used to be a guaranteed credit for rural carriers on the mini, on the regular mail count. We don't get that credit say, anymore. Ain't
4: that the truth. Um,
1: they they leave a piece of mail with, with 63, 60...
0: Three, yeah, a piece of mail with 63 cents. Go ahead, Kristen.
1: If they have a piece of mail in the box with 63 cents on top of that piece of mail, that's a stamp stock sale.
0: Yeah. Yep, and oh, if you I got say. it in your wallet or your purse or whatever, stick that stamp on there and throw the $0.63 cents in your purse. And it's not stealing the money. You're trading a postage stamp for the money that you bought. Mm-hmm. It's still a stamp stock sale. We're, we're I don't use
4: it. a purse anymore, okay?
1: Yeah. Um, in in, in, my, PO, in my POV, in my Buick Clue Sabre, my POV, I've got a little drawer above the ashtray. That's where I keep my book of stamps. And then, if I get change, I toss it back in that little drawer. I take the stamp out and I put it on there and I toss it in the outgoing. Yep. If you're taking money for postage, it's a stamp stock sale.
2: Yep. Okay. I was saying Uh, if you look at the right, you know, it actually states that we're supposed to carry stamp stock for what you have on your route. That being said, I. You know, and that's whether you sign out stamp stock through the management and get audited every so often or if you purchase your own and just replenish on your own. That being said, I bought one book of stamps eight years ago when I took
0: over this route
2: and I still have more than half that book left.
0: so. get the credits where you can get them.
2: Uh, Right, you know. But I carry the stamps that I need. You know, I carry stamps for in case I need.
3: I was just gonna say that, but it's um, whether you sell one stamp or you sell a roll of stamps, that's one sale. Yes. Okay. Not, the other thing Not is,
0: a not a roll of a hundred is a hundred stamp stock sales.
3: You sell a Damn. roll of stamps. Yeah. Sorry, Bill, but. Um. Push, well, at least what what I have been told through uh, my DR is if you're taking the orange envelope back, that is not a stamp stock sale. If that is that is your you do get credit credited for it under your P, under your end of shift duties. Um. I mean, if the clerks are. I mean, if the window's still open, the clerks are still working. Um. You get it under your end of shift under your end of shift duty. Mm-hmm. But it is not a staff stock sale.
0: What if what if for instance you get back and the clerks aren't aren't uh, the windows closed? You're not getting well, any credit on the end of shift duty other than sticking it in the accountable cart. Instead of right. standing there waiting for the clerk to yeah. fill it and stuff like that. And right. you don't know that when you pick up that envelope whether you're gonna get that stamp that's, stock sale that's or not.
3: True. But if you but if you are not filling the order from your stamp stock, and there were air quotes there that you didn't see. If you're not selling, if you are not uh, filling the order out of your stamp stock, and you're just taking the envelope back, it is not a stamp stock sale.
0: Then again, what what is what is the thing I've been saying this whole time?
3: Carrier discretion. Exactly. So.
1: Yeah, that's better than well, that
4: f bomb we used to hear all the time, Kristen.
1: <laughs> I like the carrier discretion better. I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my thing on it is if you're taking money for postage, it's a stamp stock sale. So, But, you know, okay. like I said, carrier discretion.
2: <laughs> Bill, Bill, are you hey. going to start counting? How many times do you hear that? oh
1: god that's the next post I'm going to wait and see after this one is hey we have a new drinking game guys (laughs) how many times do we hear
3: (laughs) every time every time James says it's carrier discretion I
0: think we've already entered into liver failure on this one
1: (laughs) it's probably a good thing we do (laughs) not all of us are drinking tonight um yeah, I have to work in the morning. It doesn't work out for me if I drink the night before I have to work. Yeah. So on that note,
0: guys. Yeah, we do know people that uh, would drink too much and not go into work the next day.
4: Yeah, we're not gonna. Oh, go, I stopped drinking at. Uh, I stopped drinking at ten o'clock. <laughs> 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 and on that note,
1: we are <laughs> at two hours again um Correct, we're gonna really? go ahead and yeah we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up i want to give a shout out though we got we got uh, a, a shout out um from a couple other role carriers that have their own podcast it is not postal um related for the most part they speak very little of their day jobs but um this is going to go out to uh Damian Nopolis and Sean Dickensheets out of York, Pennsylvania, and their Attempted Delivery podcast. Um, These two, I find them hilarious. They they started their journey into stand-up comedy. Um, And so their uh, podcast is along the lines of their journey um, since last year. I look forward to listening to them every Thursday. And they kind of gave us a shout-out, and so I'm going to give them a shout-out, go out and check... um, out and check out uh attempted delivery it's to give you something else to listen to that's not quite work-related and uh thank you guys and, in a uh, roundabout way it is
0: and <laughs> in a roundabout inter- way it is yes
1: yes yes and it's more
4: entertaining oh. and more, more entertaining and, <laughs> and next week kristen's gonna get norm from cheers <laughs> <laughs>
1: Norm, and then and then we're gonna have to get um, what's his Cliff face Cleveland. from yeah yeah yeah, Cliff not Norm Norm's yeah. not the, um Cliff's the mailman,
0: yeah.
1: and then I was thinking uh Seinfeld there as well, um,
2: Newman <laughs> Newman, yeah,
1: Newman
2: yeah yeah now you can't have Cliff remember
1: no nope, but we well, you can't have him. no yeah, the, right, can't. the right
2: they won't give up the licensing for Cliff.
1: No, no attempted delivery tried because they were using that for their, uh, um, their introduction, intro. their their intro, and uh, yeah, they they had to change up their intro, but uh,
4: that's
1: well, why I went with
4: Norm because he's an alcoholic. <laughs>
0: you can't you can't you can't get Newman. He got eaten by the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, he did,
1: didn't he?
4: Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> So um
2: so we covered is, the this is not a safe profession. <laughs> so
1: we're gonna wind it down. It's been two hours. And uh, yeah. I know these Rex episodes are, are getting a little long. Like, yeah. Um we need to we need to start going into resolutions. Um maybe if we could find a day this week, hop in and do resolutions. Um we'll see. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. And uh on that note, uh Mike, what's your uh your last uh thoughts and words for this
3: evening? <laughs> oh my last thoughts. Uh, I I think I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna steal from something uh I saw on a social media post. One of the, one of the admins on one of the groups I follow is that there's still a lot of questions of, about the about the RX about all this. When people ask questions, don't attack each other. Okay, we're you know we're all we are all in this together. We're all trying to figure this out. Nobody has all the answers. Um. So you know, let, let's have you know, if, if you're one of these carriers who went up, you know, let's let's not gloat over that. I was just going over my 4241, and I think there's some errors in it. Um, and just just realize that you have people, you, you have carriers out there who, who are asking questions, who are facing major salary cuts. Um, just be kind to each other. You know, we're all in this together. Done.
1: Josh, your turn.
3: Um,
2: basically same sentiments as um, what Mike said. You know, there were some winners, there were some losers. Don't be sore either direction. Um, and like I said last week, I understand. When in two thousand eighteen, I lost seven, almost eight hours a week, um, and that hurt. That hurt a lot. Um, don't get overwhelmed. If you do, take a step back, take a deep breath, step back in, get back at it. Um, do what you can do to help your route. You know, if you have a scan, they, if there's something that comes up that you can put a scan in, put it in. We all, we've talked about it multiple times in the past. You know, we all have that one thing that we keep forgetting about. Um, it'll happen. Just try and remember them going forward. You know, make it a point every day to remind yourself that got you to do this. I got 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 to do this. And I got to do, 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 do this. And once you have that one down, add a, one or two more. Try and have a good week, and try not to be too upset when the alarm goes off tomorrow
0: morning. James. Yeah, the biggest thing you want to focus on throughout the next six months before the next mini mail count is focus on the scans you need for your route. Be as accurate as you possibly can with them. But if you're questioning whether or not you should scan it, scan it. Because it's better to scan wrong the way that benefits you than not scan that benefits the post office. Like everybody else said, nobody's going to win in this. Either way this goes, it's a lose, lose scenario. If we get a hold on this for the next mini mail count, you got 33% of the carriers that are going to lose money. They, they rightfully deserve. And those carriers probably don't have, all their scans in that they should, and are actually evaluated lower than they should be. They aren't getting the exact money they should either. But they also shouldn't lose out on that money they've already gotten through this mini mail survey. And the 66% that lost money on this scan are also gonna hurt on this too. If this goes through you got carriers that are going from a forty six K down to a thirty five H. It's almost it's almost an ox route. And they're having to be put on what they call guaranteed salary, which is only forty hours. So Ooh, they're hurting that's... too. What?
2: I would say that that's been a big question I've seen on a lot of the Facebook groups. What's the difference between
0: salary and guaranteed salary? So, so I'm trying to wrap up. Yeah, so salary is what you're paid from forty one H all the way up to forty eight K. That's just a standard salary. Underneath forty one is forty hours. That's your the minimum base salary you can be paid. That's your guaranteed salary. If you go at 40 hours or under, you're at guaranteed salary, and that guaranteed salary is only for uh, for up to two years, and then they have to reevaluate. Now, in that time frame, you're going to have min- many mail surveys between that, when, which your route could go up, and if you go above the guaranteed salary, then your salary will go to the regular salary of whatever you get evaluated to but if you don't go up above your guaranteed salary you continue to stay on that guaranteed salary now the other caveats to that are you are you are at uh the mercy of management to place you up to 50 miles from your office on a vacant route
1: Accessed, yeah. or
0: or you can do a district bid onto a vacant route, and that would end your guarantee because you'd be on a regular route through a bid. And that's
2: presuming that they're not able to build you back up to at least 40 hours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At least 41 hours. You have to be a 41 H. Okay. So that is the guaranteed salary. So remember, it's a bad time right now for rural carriers on both ends of the spectrum it doesn't matter whether you won or lost support your fellow brothers and sisters through this. We're all having a hard time with this. We're all looking for the answers. And like they said, nobody has all the answers. Even we don't have all the answers, Mm -hmm. but we're going to try and get you the best information we have at the time. So stay calm, keep your ear to the ground, Get the answers that you need from your local stewards or your uh, assigned reunion representative, whoever it may be. Talk with your fellow carriers. Even talk to your local postmaster if they're friendly enough about this stuff. If your postmaster's not friendly about it, I wouldn't recommend approaching them. <laughs> just keep the calm. But just stay calm and look, look forward to getting all the answers you can from the correct sources you possibly can find is that's your local steward, your ADR, your DR, or even your state representatives, your president, vice president, your Your secretary, they'll have answers too.
1: Yeah. Your state board members, um, go annual meetings are starting up, go to them. Definitely see where you can get information from. Uh, like I said, We don't have all the answers. I wish we did, but we don't, but we are
0: going. Regionals are a good one. Regionals too are a good one to go to. if You can go to the, even go to the uh, national convention, whether you're a delegate or not. You're still, if, as long as you're a member of the union, and they'll have uh, union join forms at all of these events if you want to attend them and you're not a, a non dues paying member and you want to become a dues-paying member. They'll have forms available and you can actually become a union right there, union member right there. Mm-hmm.
1: And you don't have to wait. You can reach and, out to your local steward as well or almost probably any active union member will know where to get or have an 1187 on hand for you to fill out if you oh, wish to join. Yeah.
0: Or, or, if you're you're retired and want to join the union, and you're and you're a non dues paying retired member, and you want to become a retired member, you can do that too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you no, re- thank you <laughs> when you retire we have enough retirees. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that one just now. We want to get out of here tonight. So uh, thank you, James, uh, Bill. Uh, Bill, you have the floor, dear. (laughs)
4: uh, I just want to thank all the people who have hit us up uh, on the uh, multiple social media platforms. Um, We're here to serve. Uh, We do this free. We do this of our own volition with no compensation and we do it for the betterment of our craft. That's the only reason we do this. This is not something that we're getting paid for or compensated in any fashion this is to help you everybody in the craft union non-union um i i always tell everybody in my office that no matter what you do on your route realize that if you move to another route what you've left behind affects the person getting your route
1: absolutely
4: so be considerate that fact um i'm just uh uh I, i'm proud of everybody on this podcast because of the fact that you know we do put a lot of time and effort into this and we're doing it out of the kindness of our heart the concern for our craft for our jobs um i i really you know it it makes my heart swell i know that you know hearing that from me sounds weird <laughs> that we, we go we go this far out of the way to help others uh, and it's a lot more than the AKA union does for us. And we're happy to, and we're happy to do it. Um, as I always say, when I sign off, be careful, you know, go out there, do your job as best you can, do the best of your abilities and, um, make sure you get home safely because you're the most important delivery of the day. Every day, get home to your family, your loved ones.
0: Yeah. Like you said, we do this. For free, even our responses on social media—we do that on our own time. It's this is just for you guys that are listening. Hundred percent.
1: Yep, this is for the craft. We're here without prejudice. This. um...
4: Well, you are.
1: Oh well, thanks. Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) No, we do. We, We we take our own time. This is, you know, like I said, no compensation nothing it's we we get together we 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 talk about this we're putting this out there for you we're answering your questions the best we can um and uh, in all honesty if it's something that we cannot answer we will direct you to your adr's and your DRs. i mean obviously you know if yeah it's like i said it this week has definitely been a whirlwind and I do I thank you every single one of you and I appreciate this so much none of us were expecting the way that this blew up all of a sudden this week um still kind of at a loss for words with everything but we are definitely going to continue and um yeah we're going to put it out there like I said we're going to try and come back with a bonus episode later this week on resolutions because that has been on the agenda for the last several weeks, and we haven't gotten to it yet, and we need to do that. So on that note, guys, everybody have a nice night. Have a safe Monday, and we'll talk at you next time.
0: Bye, y'all.